connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic-Con 2017 and beyond. Speaking of Denver Comic-Con, Star Wars Night is happening at the Avalanche game December 7th when the Avalanche take on, pause for dramatic effect, pause for dramatic effect because my email closed. I think they're playing the Dallas Stars. Wait, what night is this? Uh, it's December 7th, I believe. Oh, okay. That's a little later than I thought. I'm going to an Avs game, uh, like I think Thanksgiving weekend. Sweet. Yeah. You know, I, I go there, to one a year. There are lots of uh, there are lots of fun to go to. <laughs> you uh, you have a small monkey climbing all over you while you try to do this. <laughs> That's because he really Kelly, likes the iPad. So he yeah. uh, see, uh, I just switched the thing. So uh, let me read the actual press release so I awesome. don't get this right. Um, it's Star Wars night with the Colorado Avalanche. Colorado Avalanche versus the Dallas Stars. Join us at the Pepsi Center on December third. At 7 p.m. for Star Wars Night with Colorado Avalanche. Specially priced cool. ticket packages include a limited edition of Star Wars and Colorado Avalanche Puck. The night will also feature droid builders, action figure green screen, and characters from the Mountain Garrison of the 501st Legion. The first 500 people to purchase tickets will have opportunity for post-game ice opportunities. Plus, $5 from each ticket purchase will go to back to Pop Culture Classroom. Awesome. So, uh, do it. And Star Wars Nights are really fun. I, I've been to ones with the Rockies. And there's lots of people, and um, they're all dressed up, and, you know, it's just fun. That's cool. And if you go to this one, you're uh, supporting comic book or pop culture classroom. So that's that's also a good thing. Absolutely. So, you know what? uh, What segment we haven't done in a long time? No, what segment have we not done in a long time? We got fan mail. We did! And a phone call yeah! from a female fan. Right. Who we've never talked to before. Her name is Corinne, and I'm going to play her email, her uh, message right now. I'm so excited. Hi, guys. My name's Corinne, and I just started listening to your show a couple of weeks ago. One of my coworkers recommended it to me, and uh, it's been really fun. I've really enjoyed listening to you guys. It's kind of, you know, background whenever I'm on my hikes or walks. So uh, thank you guys for all of your hard work and commentary. It's really really fun. I just kind of wanted to share uh, some of the thoughts I had on this recent Doctor Strange movie. Um, obviously, uh, you know, it was a really good, really fun movie. Uh, the visual effects, of course, were just astounding. Um, that scene in the middle when they're um, running through the city, and you know, it was just gorgeous, and yeah, they did a really good job with the acting, Benedict Cumberbatch especially, and I really like the guy who played Wong. He, he did a really good job as well. Um, the problem for me, and granted, I mean, I would still give this movie like a B, like a solid B, like it was still a good time and I had fun, but I felt like sometimes it just got really bogged down with exposition and there were times where it didn't, like it kind of felt a little bit disconnected that from one scene to the next, um, a good example of that was like 
after he, I guess, mild spoilers, um, when he gets stabbed and he goes to the hospital and there's like that whole scene in the operating room, um, where she's trying to fix him and also those effects, um, with the astral projection was really strange. I felt like I was watching that Casper movie from the 90s, but after that, then he goes back to the sanctum and he's talking with the ancient one and Mordu. And then all of a sudden, so we go from one action piece to like a quick, you know, sort of dialogue, expositionary scene, and then right back into the action. And it just, it felt very strange. Like, um, the pacing was off or something. And just, they went into too much detail about some things I felt. And really, you know, this is magic. It's like the one thing you probably wouldn't have to explain if you didn't want to. Like, oh, you know, he can teleport himself around the world. Okay, sure. I mean, okay, maybe the Eye of um, Agamotto. I understand them having to, you know, have that scene where with the apple. Like, that was really, really good um, and obviously factored into the plot later. Um, but they were just so quick about, oh, but this will cause time loops. And you don't know what you're messing with. You're messing with the the uh, laws of, of time and nature. And we didn't really see any um, consequences of him using the Eye of Agamotto at the end. You know, did that affect him? Like, all those times where he died in the time loop, you know, did that impact him long term? So, I, I, I mean, the ending was really, really good. That was probably my favorite part when he confronts Dormammu. Um, but, hi, uh, Corinne again. Sorry, hopefully you can splice this together. I got cut off. But, um, yeah, the scene with Dormammu was really good. I loved the effects on him. And I liked, um, you know, Benedict acting very, very smug in that scene. So, yes, overall, the movie was very good. I thought it could have been a little bit better, but I still had a good time. Very cool. That was a very apt review of that movie. I think um, so, too. I really hope that Brad edited it properly so that her phone number is not included as she requested. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, please don't put this part on. Uh, so, yeah. But so no. if you just heard that her say that, we're sorry. Yeah. Because Brad wasn't paying attention. Uh, um, but, uh, Corinne, if you want to come on the show, Facebook message us. Yeah. And uh, let us know what movie you want to see. And that goes for anybody in the Denver areas. You know, if you want to hang out with us and see a movie and talk about movies, you're more than welcome to come on the show. That's cool. what we do. Why are you texting? Who are you? Who, uh, <laughs> who could you be? Uh, you know, you're doing that last week, too. Who the fuck are you talking to? I'm not talking to anybody. Uh, don't worry about it. Don't anyway, worry about it. We'll talk about it later. Don't worry what? about it. No, I am worried about it because it's distracting <laughs> you. No, I'm not. And I, it's, starting I to, it's starting to piss me off. I'll push my phone over there. Don't worry. It's Carol, done. Carol, James isn't paying enough attention to me. I'm. <laughs> you need to talk to your son and let him know what's important. Oh, mercy. Sorry. I, you know, it's my goal every week to say something to your mother because... Um, because she's the only person listening? Uh, hey, no, Corinne just proved that she's not. No, very true. So very we have true. like yeah. five be- with between us and... Uh, but no, that was awesome. It was a really good review. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, I'm glad she liked the movie. It makes me, uh, it makes me really. I, I love uh, effort, other people's perspectives because right. sometimes I get sick of ours. Yeah, <laughs> I mostly just get sick of yours. Yeah, yours too. Right, exactly. You should, I'm you, really, I love my perspective I know, of gonna, things. You keep on going to tell me that Magnificent Seven was a good movie. Oh, it really to, is. Oh man, what a great. We, we got to get more good in here. That's uh, <laughs> uh, oh, like one bad line. Yep, this and it stayed with me the whole movie. It's not important. Oh, man. Um, so good. You know, I forgot to tell people. Uh, Who we I got are so ex- and what we're doing. Yeah, I got so excited <laughs> that we got 
got fan mail. Uh, that's the show this week, guys. Bye. Uh, anyway, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. Right. This week we saw Arrival. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about it. I me either, because this is like we've reviewed the last two movies by this guy, uh, whose name uh, Dennis and right, yeah, and French guy. But in both cases, these his movies have been among our top, you know, favorite movies of the year. What was really cool about this one, I got to I got to go see it with my folks. Oh, cool! And it's the first time I can like recommend one of his movies to that to them. Uh, or you know, because it wasn't like super depressing. Yeah. Or see, that's a hard thing. Like I, I love Sicario. Oh, I do too. Um, if Star Wars didn't come out last year, that would have been my favorite movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, Very fair. Because it, just everything about Sicario. It, one, I love Emily Blunt mm-hmm. so much, and that she's just so badass. That movie, and I love that the movie doesn't give you too many answers. Yeah. A lot like this movie. And it just and... It, it builds such great suspense, mm-hmm. you know. Like it's such a thrilling movie. Um, yeah. And and you know the prisoners is like that too for me. I, I oh, mean yeah. the prisoners is is my favorite of those two, just because that that movie is so punishing and oh, difficult yeah. to watch. Um. You know, and it's not like there's anything that happens that like it's it's just that it's a movie that it's hard to recommend to anyone. I mean, I was talking to a, a, well, a work friend this week, and I I straight told him I was like, I don't recommend any parent to see that movie. No, right? because it is just so like difficult um, it's, it's a brutal it's a, movie in, it's brilliant i mean he's yeah, such a good see, he's, he's a, a great filmmaker yeah and um does the street continue stay tuned for the review right yeah so what, how we do it is we tell people if they should see the movie or not we'll play the trailer then we'll spoil the movie mm-hmm. um we also talk about movie news what we've been watching things that are coming out on blu-ray we just like to have a good time yeah we've been doing this for almost six years we have we have well, been doing it for six years f- five over five because what didn't first class come out in two thousand ten? Yeah, but the um, it, it was June of eleven. Was right? it June so, of eleven? I can't yeah. remember because um because we're at we're at two hundred fifty ish episodes two hundred you know sixty five. No, I think we're more than that. Well, but still, right at fifty two a year. Yeah. Um. Plus and, plus well, a few extra. We also do extra episodes that we don't number, so there's a lot of right. content on there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've it's, produced a lot of shit. In the we have. Years. You know, when I think about that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, because actually what I've been doing, because, you know, we're coming up on our 300th episode, which we have yeah. something special planned. Yeah. We're not going to reveal what it is. No. But what I've been doing is I've been going back and listening to all our uh, celebrity interviews. Oh, cool. And or not just celebrities, but also Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, the fan interviews and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm trying to, because ramping up to our 300th episode, we're going to be, hopefully go back through the archives and kind of find stuff. So I'm yeah. finding our favorite little bits from them. We're going to put together all the good stuff so the people who started listening at 200 yeah. don't ever have to go back. Don't and... worry. Episode one will never be on our good stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's some funny stuff in that episode. There is. There is. It's all right. Um, um, there's, like no, there's no episode structure. None of yeah. us are really like comfortable with what we're doing. Now um, we just do whatever we want. We still yeah. have no episode structure. Well, th- there are segments. There are seg- there is segments. There wasn't even really official reviews back then. It was just like, well, I don't know. This week we all kind of went and saw pirates. Yeah. You know? Um. Th- yeah. But anyway, come along. That's way. what we do. Yeah. What are we doing first? We're doing movie news first. <laughs> Great. That'll go quick. Yeah. It's real news. So there's a new trailer for Underworld Blood Wars, <laughs> our, 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 and I really think we should play it. <laughs> our standard for news has really dropped recently. But I think we should play it. Sure. All right. Why not? Damn. 
resolve to exterminate us. They have a new leader, Marius. He wants the blood of Selene. If they use it, the Lycan's power will be limitless. There has never been a large-scale Lycan attack. There has never been a Marius. Help me, protector. Do I look worried? You must go north. You will find answers there. War has followed you here. Marius. If you want to win this war, you will need to go further than even a warrior of your renown has ever ventured before. Looking for someone. There's nothing stopping her now. All I want is your blood. Come and get it. She is the purest of us all. I'm not that pure. If you just heard the Underworld trailer, it's because Brad edited it in. If you didn't, it's because we forgot to tell him to edit it in. <laughs> um, but what you couldn't see is Celine now wears like a white wolf, like fur shawl. Okay. And her bottom part of her hair is dyed blonde. Sure. So now she's super fast. And they've never seen a vampire like her before. So I guess if you get your hair dyed blonde at the bottom, it makes you like super um, tough and badass. Is it like girl frosted? T- I haven't watched this trailer yet, so no, it's pretty ridiculous, but in like a cool way. It's like frosted tips, but for like hipster goth chicks. Yeah. Okay. I I like Underworld. Mo- well, me too. No, I like Underworld movie, and then there's a lot of sequels to them. Um, but, I think they're but- fun. Like to me, they're like. Uh, the Resident Evil movies, which comes out two weeks after that one, um, is they're not like the best movies, but they're right. still really fun. I like them more than those just because I like Kate Beckinsale a lot more than like they are more coherent films. I think so too. Um, and I've always said too, actually, the first one, if you watch the unrated cut, is actually pretty great because oh yeah, they cut out so much story in the theatrical um, that you know I'm I'm a sucker for more story so. Yeah, the only problem was that it got like uh, that series got very up its own ass with like mm-hmm. with with the lore and lore. Stuff. Yes, that's what I was looking for. I was like it became oh like there's crossbreeding and all this, and I was like, dude, I just want to see Matrix vampires fight Matrix and werewolves. That's, that's like, why I thought the last one was cool, where it's like she fights like giant sized yeah. Hulk werewolf. Yeah, she goes into the future and then she yeah or whatever. I don't remember anything. Like she's got a daughter or something. I don't know. None of it made any sense. No, but it was still really cool looking. Yeah. Um, I, I never saw the third one, the the, the Rona Mitra one. Uh, that's the um, second one, but no, no, no. Underworld is second. No, it goes under, Underworld, Underworld Evolution. Oh, you're right. Then it goes Rise. Underworld of the Evolution is the one where she has sex with Scott, Scott Speedman, and then they uh, that one guy gets thrown into a helicopter that's blade right. at the end. Um, yeah, the monsters are pretty cool in it. Yeah, um, yeah, the monster effects are, are are good. Yeah, is this one directed by Len Wiseman, or is he know. like I, I totally think he's just done. a producer of it? Sure, he's he, uh, look, by producer. I mean, he sits there and makes money. Right. Yeah. Like when you've got enough money and you're married to Kate Beckinsale and you got kids, like 
just hang mm-hmm. out in London, have a good time, worry about Brexit, you'll be okay. And like for like a director dude, he's like a good looking dude. Yeah. You know? Right. No shit. I, that wasn't like a, you know, he really scored. Like they, they are two very attractive people. Yeah. And he um, seems like, like every time I watch him in interviews and his commentaries, guy. he's a fun guy. Yeah. And yeah. he should be. I mean. Right. Exactly. He, he knows what kind of movies he makes. Right. And he always made really like decently fun movies. Yeah. Right. Like. You know, I uh, yeah, he was he was like a, a Stephen Summers kind of guy for yeah. me. Yeah, where I was like, oh, you make fun shit. That's what it's bummed me out good. that Stephen Summers hasn't. He did Odd Thomas, which I have was no idea what that that's is. One of Anton Yelchin's last movies. Oh shoot! But it was a really weird movie, and you're like, wow, that's where Stephen oh. Summers is gone. Yeah, I want Stephen Summers to do like Deep Rising Two. Yeah, like that's really what I want. That's why I want to make like an incoherent monster movie. Yeah, right. That's what I want. Yeah, that's why I, dude, I, I'm going to watch Van Helsing tonight. It's part of <laughs> oh man, uh, it's part of why I actually like his GI Joe movies. I'm just like, oh, this is he's having fun with this. Like this yeah. is silly and dumb. Like it's super silly and super dumb. But I don't yeah, know. you have fun. Yeah, that's the secret to life, right? Right. Anyways, what's real news going on? Oh, uh, there wasn't much else. Uh, what was the shoot? There was one other thing that we talked about beforehand that now I can't remember. Um, I don't know. I really don't think there was much. That's why I made the joke about their, you know, our standards lowering. Um, nope. I got nothing. Robert, Robert Redford might retire. I don't want that to happen. He's like the definition of cool, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you remember how good Spy Game is? Yeah. Oh, man. Remember how good pretty much everything he made prior to Remember Spy Game was? Remember how much fun Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is? Yeah, man. And all the President's Men. It's mm. <sighs> a great movie. Yeah. Anyway, he should not retire. He should just keep making movies until he's dead. Sorry. Sounds good. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think there's really he anything He also said else. Hell Hydra, which is awesome. awesome. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. It makes me happy. Yeah. Those are like nerd moments when you see movies. You're like, did that? Just oh yeah! Every time I saw him in a trailer, like I was so excited that Robert Redford was legitimizing that movie so much. Um, I know everybody is. Yeah, seriously, man. Just have fun. Yeah. How? Oh, how good is that most recent um, Star Wars uh, Rogue One trailer? Every time I want to see it yesterday. Every time that she says we have hope, rebellions are built on hope. I genuinely am. Moments from tears in a trailer, and like see, it's so beautiful. And I'm just, I just dig like English actresses right now. <laughs> so Felicity Jones and Emily Blunt, I adore. Right, I mean they basically look the same. They're almost the same person. They are, but Emily um, Blunt is just a little tougher. Yeah, you know. But uh, we'll see. Maybe with Rogue One, might be. I might know. Be. I know. At the Disney store has. You know, like the Ray figure, they have a Gen SO one that. Oh yeah, when I was in uh, when I was in LA, I got the because um, I, I didn't know what character I wanted, but they had a bunch of uh, those diecast. Mm. Um, I forget what series they're called, but it's the same as that they're Ray figure Black, that I got. Right? Yeah, well, they're in the black box, and they're yeah, mm. they're uh, elite series. Like oh, there we go. Elite yeah, series. Yeah, um, and so they've got a bunch of them, but I was like, well, I don't know what character I'm actually gonna like care about. Yeah, the most. that's what I. I thought too, but right. I so love Felicity Jones. So. I got the the uh, C two B five, which is basically yeah. just black R two D two. Because I was like, dude, at the end of the day, black R two D two always gonna look cool, even if it's not the best character in the movie. You know, it's still awesome. I'm sure that come Christmas Day, when I go after I've seen that movie, I will probably go to the Disney store around Christmas and and pick up that diecast uh, that diecast yeah. figure of her because she just looks so badass. Yeah, and I'm 
you know, I'm already in love with her, so. It'd be cool if they made one. I would love for them to make one of um, her in the, like, Death Star trigger costume, yeah. you know, with a, with a cool helmet, but the mm-hmm. helmet comes off. Because she looks so badass in that one moment where she turns back at the camera, mm-hmm. and she's in the, the whatever trooper outfit that is. Laser laser button troopers, whatever yeah. those guys would be called. <laughs> so um, that that's what I really want. Yeah, and so. it, it, it was cool seeing that because you know it's one of those things. Man, I need to see that movie now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm starting to get like antsy for it. Yeah, absolutely. And I haven't got antsy for a movie since Civil War. Yeah. Um, oh, I got to meet the uh, a couple of the guys from MST3K yesterday at the Alamo. Did you? Um, yeah, uh, the guy who played Crow, and then uh, yeah, that's my favorite character. On. I should remember their names, but I don't. Um, but they were doing a, a cool special event at the Alamo uh, a couple nights this week. And when I was there to see Arrival, they were just hanging out, hanging out in the bar. Nice. Um, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's movie news is us talking about how cool Jim Esso is. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but hey. Yeah. That, that gets me excited. Yeah. I don't even know what else. Like, There's a bunch of little movies that I'm excited about. For, so like, I really want to see Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. I saw, um, I saw a new trailer for La La Land today. Oh, yes. That one's really good. Man. Um. But and I do feel like that trailer for Passengers is just does not do it for me. No, I think it looks interesting. I think it looks interesting. It's also those people are too damn pretty. That's the problem. Like I just want, I look at that movie and go like this feels so I'll Hollywood. I'll never be Chris Pratt. <laughs> right? No, it's just it's just so clean Hollywood like uh, pretty people having sex in space. Oh yeah. You know. I did but, see a uh, the Logan trailer is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The trailer that I see today that was really cool. Um, I can't remember now. In front of Arrival, yeah, I got I got Rogue One and then a couple other. Yeah, because you went to the Alamo. Whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, where'd you go? Did you go to the? I went to the AMC. Like yeah. I was gonna go to the Alamo, but uh, their first showing was at twelve thirty. Oh, gotcha. And I was stuck late at work, so yeah, I'm like I can't make the twelve thirty one. Right. And it bummed me out because I went last week to the Alamo and it was an awesome experience. It was pretty cool. They got the they showed the trailer for Contact before it, um, which uh, I always like seeing the trailer for Contact. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, cool. This is what's news. coming out on Blu-ray next week. Yeah, that's a lot of shit. DVD releases and Blu-rays. So Finding Dory is your big release for the week. Yeah, I'm still. I didn't order it on Amazon because I don't know which version I want. Because they have some cool packaging at other places, yeah. but I actually really like the 3D one where um, uh, Hank the octopus is like. Is that his name? Right? I don't remember. I think it's Hank. Sure. Hank. He's like he's like hanging off the side. I think it looks really cool. Yeah. Um. So because now I've been starting to get the 3D versions of the Pixar movies. Yeah. Because usually it comes with an extra bonus disc. Right. And it's only like two bucks more. It's funny because uh, my because I, I I liked that movie, but I wasn't in love with that movie, and so my brain defaulted to like, well, I'll just buy it. You know, I'll wait a little while mm-hmm. before I buy it, and then I always realize with Disney movies how how stupid that is. Because like, well, it's still going to be thirty bucks. Oh, Disney movies never go down. You know, six months from now, the only ones that the only ones that are like, might say bargain price is like Treasure Planet. Yes, right. But stuff like Pixar is always twenty four dollars or right. twenty bucks. I think is the cheapest I see them. Uh, speaking of Disney stealing everybody's money, though, the Jungle Book is getting a collector's edition three D Blu ray release this week, mm-hmm. um, which they, I guess, deliberately didn't release. They're starting to do that now. Um, Gross. I, I noticed uh, Pete Dragon, Pete's Pete Dragon, Dragon that comes out 
is the uh, doing the same thing. Uh, I will say that's kind of disgusting. It is. Um, because I, and another... I, I, I like the cover a lot. I think the cover is really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really need a 3D Blu-ray of it, but is Disney putting out 4K Blu-rays? I haven't yeah. seen any. Okay. Interesting. I think they're waiting I, for the it to catch on a little more. Yeah, I've been toying around with the idea of of sometime this Christmas, you know, sp- spending a little money and buying a 4K TV. Yeah, you know what? I, yeah, me too. They're actually, get, they're getting cheap. You know, for like yeah. two grand, you can I get. I just an OLED. bought this one, and my yeah. wife's no way gonna fly with it. No. <laughs> um, so you know what I just noticed looking at um, uh, digital bits is they don't have the Force Awakens collector's edition on it that comes out next week. Oh, is that out next week? Yeah. Oh. I should just go to my Amazon orders because that's where all the big movies right, are. Everything important to yeah. uh, to to buy is on your Amazon orders list already. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, Game of Thrones season six is out this week. Do you have that ordered? Uh, I don't. Okay. I actually I like Game of Thrones a lot. Yeah. But I wait about a year after oh, the season for the price to come down. So because you know HBO Blu-rays, that's right. probably sixty bucks or forty-five on Amazon even. Oh yeah. So what I do is I yeah I wait. <laughs> and then when they're like nineteen ninety nine, right? Uh, the uh, Peanuts Holiday Anniversary Collection is out I this week that. on Blu ray. I was gonna say, I'm sure that one's on your list. Is it? Uh, is it just the, um, the 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 pumpkin, the Thanksgiving one, and Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But three, twenty three bucks. Years. That's not bad. Oh no, absolutely, absolutely good. Uh, season two of Better Call Saul, which makes me feel bad about the fact that I still haven't watched season one. <laughs> uh, the Star Trek animated series is getting a Blu-ray release this week, uh, so you can check that out. It's a pretty cool, like you know, retroy seventies looking cover thing. Yeah, uh, Punch Drunk Loves Criterion Yay. Blu-ray is this week. Finally on Blu-ray. Yeah, man, that's I have a, that pre-ordered too. That's a good movie. I should check that movie out again. Um, uh, other things that I really need to get into. Uh, Akira Kurosawa's Dreams is getting a, a Blu-ray re- release. Um, I, man, I really want to just go buy every movie that he made or that is related <laughs> to him um, and then spend like a week just sitting down and watching three hour black and white epics. Nice. Um, Orson Welles Citizens, Citizen Kane uh, is getting a Blu-ray release this week. I don't know if this is the first time it's on Blu-ray but it's, it's the 75th not. anniversary. Yeah. It came it out in one of those uh, digibooks. Oh did it? Originally. Oh okay. yeah yeah I feel like I've seen that. Um, this is like a 75th anniversary it doesn't look like much but you know it's one more chance to pick it up. Uh, and then finally Chud from Arrow is out this week. Yeah, that stands for C-H-U-E. Cannibal Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Yeah. It's actually kind of cool. Like It's like cover. a zombie movie. It's not bad. Do they do the monsters not look like they do on this cover? Uh no, they look like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um so yeah. Uh, I think that's everything. I there was there's a you know, there's other stuff, but there's also, you know, a lot of it's kind of junky. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out though. The Beatles Eight Days a Week, the touring years comes out that I kind of want to see. Oh, cool! Because I got the CD and the CD is really great. Oh, neat! Oh, that, yeah, that's a Ron Howard movie. I totally skipped over that. Because I, I I love the Beatles and I've only heard a few of their songs live, and this uh, CD has been remastered so it sounds great. Um, and it, it opens with a live version of Twist and Shout, which I think is just epic. Yeah. Even though, you know, people are like, oh, it's a cover song, but I still think it's a great John Lennon song. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the, um, I, there's, there, there's, there tend to be like a lot of concert movies every week, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize that that's what that was. Uh, so like there's a Rush concert this week and a couple other things. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only reason I know is because I got the CD for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, Orson Welles Macbeth is also out this week. Uh, but yeah. I, you know, I actually, oh, it's an olive signature. Um, 
um, so Barnes and Noble is having their half off Criterion sale right now. Yeah, and I got this. I got two movies that I've never seen before, and they're both silent films. But one's called The Freshman, and it's a Harold Lloyd like he plays football. Oh, and cool. I heard it's like one of the greatest uh, silent film comedies ever. Yeah. And the other one I got is called The Phantom Carriage, and it's like the coolest um, cover ever. And it's a Danish silent film that's supposed to be like one of the greatest early horror films ever. So uh, I, I just love the cover. <laughs> that's like a horrible way to buy movies, but. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, man. It, oh, that is pretty cool. Yeah, it's about death. Because it's, uh, yeah, it's it's the silhouette of a old-timey carriage being pulled by a sad-looking horse, but the carriage driver is the um, uh, Grim Reaper. Yeah. With a big scythe. And on the back, it says it's Charlie Chaplin's favorite movie. Really? So That's pretty that cool. That has to be worth something, right? Absolutely. Um, I did I did skip uh, Army of One, which is a uh, Nicolas Cage movie that has Paul Shear in it, is out this week. Uh, so listeners to How Did This Get Made can all go pick that up finally. Um, I also ran across this thing. There's a movie called One of Our Aircraft is Missing, which is an old film from... Oh, shoot. Damn it, Amazon. Where's the year? Uh, nope. Nope. You were just lying to me. I just think that this... Uh, I, like, I think that title and cover <laughs> yeah. is pretty hey, cool. I do that... Like I think the Phantom Carriage is a cool title, and yeah. then the cover is awesome. Terrific adventure! One of our aircraft is missing. Anyway, uh, cool looking. Yeah, that's that's coming out. Yep, check it out. And this is the stuff we've been watching. So uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Dude, mine's so easy. So um, <laughs> because my wife's birthday was last weekend, yeah. you know, it's hard for me to watch movies during the week because my schedule's so goofy, right? Um, so, but, and my kids around, so I got, uh, this Blu-ray, it's a Disney one, it's called Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas and Twice Upon a Christmas. Basically, they're just little, uh, Christmas vignettes, so each one's like 15 minutes, and they all have, you know, the moral of the story, like, Donald can't be selfish, or he, uh, Mickey can't get mad at Pluto for, you know, destroying Christmas, um, and the cartoons are actually pretty cute. Um, not all of them are great. Sure. But there's uh, uh, each each one has a some that really stand out. Uh, the first one I think is better because it's also hand drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is CGI, which isn't bad. But I'm old school, so I kind of like how my characters look that way. Yeah. And when they become 3D models, I'm like, is it like? Uh... Is it? Does it feel like 3D? Does it feel in the same spirit as the original stuff, or does it feel like the MTV Spider-Man show? It's not as bad as that. Oh, okay, all right. Because um, I mean, they still they're still like cute characters. Sure. Um, and I mean, there's the. I guess I'm asking, does it look like that 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 Mickey Mouse animated show that they make now? N- no, kind of it's a little up because you're talking about the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse that yes. they make for the kids. Yes. Which it started out a little rough, but it. As the series went along, it actually looks a lot better. Oh, okay. But this one, it looks pretty good because there's more money into it. Sure. Um, like, there's uh, the opening uh, cartoon is uh, Daisy and Minnie are, like, ice skating mm-hmm. with the hippos and the crocodiles from Fantasia. So it looks really great. Um, and it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, there's uh, – I'm trying to remember – man, why can't I remember – the one that like, 
like made me like get choked up. As in the first, I can't remember. Anyways, they're really cute. Um, I think you can get the Blu-ray now. It's like fourteen bucks. If you like Mickey and stuff, it's it's pretty good. Um, and then the one that does make me choke up is uh, uh, I also today me and Kellen watched Mickey's Christmas Carol, and uh, when Mickey as Bob Cratchit puts the crutch of Tiny Tim on the gravestone or the headstone. And like Mickey's face there, he's like has like tears coming down his face. I, it always gets me every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't seen Mickey's Christmas Carol, you definitely should because it's a really cute movie. Um, cool. Yeah. And uh, that's what I watched this week. <laughs> I watched Mickey Mouse cartoons. Yeah. Uh, mine. Well, so we recorded about four days ago. Yeah. So that's part of why this is is going to be really light. Uh, mine is similar. Uh, I saw the arrival. And then, spoilers for later, saw the arrival again. Um, and then, other than that, I rewatched Civil War this week. Nice. Um, which is the first time I've watched the Blu ray. I bought the mm-hmm. Steelbook back when it came out, but I just hadn't gotten around to actually watching it. Uh, and that movie is awesome. Oh, it's a great movie. Um, man, like, I had forgotten how much fun and just how, how well written that, that movie is, right? Like, you know, he, we, we give Marvel movies such a hard time for having, like, pretty weak villains. And then here is this movie where Baron Zemo wins. Spo- mm-hmm. Spoilers for Civil War, but <laughs> Baron Zemo wins. Um, he's one so of my favorite he... villains in the whole universe. Oh yeah, uh, honestly, like I look at it now and go, like he's one of the best superhero movie villains. Period. Oh yeah, like such a well written character. Because they even have that great scene at the end where he's talking to Martin Freeman. Yes, and Martin Freeman's like, hmm, "Look where you ended up. Yeah. Lost. Did I?" Right? Did I lose? Oh, right. So great. Um, yeah, and just the scene, the scene right before that where he's sitting on the in the oh, snow yeah. talking to Black Panther. Oh, um, that's great. Like the both those characters are having wonderful yeah. moments right there. What then. does Black Panther say? Uh, uh, well, the universe says, is like, not done with you yet. Uh, the living are not done with yeah, you yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the um, but right before that he's talking about you know yeah like you've you've been completely uh devoured by vengeance and I won't let that happen to me and you know like it it, it it's a really effective movie for making you like black panther mm-hmm. um and then and a lot of that is because of that relationship with well like with showing you Baron Zemo and mm-hmm. showing you his story and going like oh they're actually very similar people I think what's um, cool of civil war too is it builds on so much where you think yeah. it's going one way and you know th- maybe the greatest superhero battle ever is at the airport yeah, but awesome. the climax to me is way more weighty. Yes, because of the performances of the characters yeah. and the actors, and it's it's two characters, it's or it's three characters like genuinely hurting each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, in the moment when uh, Bucky is trying to rip uh, the heart out of the Iron Man suit, and then Iron Man just like and blasts his arm off, and you're just like, fuck. Like the the I care about these people, and it's really a devastating sequence. Yeah, um, and there's you know, and the part before that where, um, you know, they're showing the status report, you know, and they're showing the surveillance photo of what happened to Stark's parents. Yeah, yeah. And the realization of when Tony he says a line, and Rob yeah. Downey, you're so good. Yeah. He says, "What am I watching? What what is this?" Yeah. And but he I, I know he knows yeah. what he's watching. He knows where it's going, but he doesn't want to believe what he's watching. Right. And he has a, you know, and he looks at, you know, Cap and he says, did you know? Yeah. Did you know? Yeah. 
And what does Cap say? Uh, well, at, at first he says like, you know, he he tries to deflect. He says yeah. to say like, Tony, is, Tony, don't you know? He says, "Don't give me your bullshit right. answer." Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, I knew. Son of a and bitch killed so, my mom. It's really devastating because you didn't know that Cap knew until then, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a great moment. Um, I also love that. I I love the callback where, you know, uh, Tony starts just beating the shit out of him. And knocks him back, and he's like, "Look, you, we we have to stop this." And he just stands back up and goes, "Like, I can do this all day, right?" Because mm-hmm. in that moment, you realize that Tony is the bully. Like, mm-hmm. that's what's going on here. Uh, and even though you know why, like, oh, it's just so freaking good. And that's what makes it, you know, because you see both of their points of view in this fight, and where you see, when Batman and Superman comes out, you just don't care. Oh yeah, you don't, you don't care who they're why they're fighting. No. But they're not. There's not enough actual personal emotion in it. Exactly, because they don't you know? have. They don't even have the scene where they're in a conference room, and Ugh. Tony Stark comes with a pen, Ugh. and he says, "I'm trying to be help you out here." It's so good, and he. Get, I love the scene where he gets Cap. Like they've arrested Cap, and he gets Cap there to to the point of, if you sign this, like we'll change the law after it's signed. I just need you to be on my team so that we don't screw everything up. Mm-hmm. And he's getting him there and you're like, Oh, it's, it's, it's working. It's working. And then he says like, you know, Hey, then I can, I can let Wanda out of the house. I've locked her up in and you just watch it turn in Cap's mind. He's mm-hmm. like, wait, what? No, you've yeah. just proven that you're not doing what you say you're going to do. Like that, that everything that I'm afraid of is exactly what's going to happen. And neither side is right, which right. is a testament to, how great that movie is written. Well, I mean, no, Captain America is right, and everything Captain America does is correct. And uh, <laughs> really, Tony H- is, hiding from your friend, Tony that you is, know somebody killed his parents. Uh, he had very uh, good motive. Clearly, it was because as soon as Tony found out, he was willing to almost kill people that he cared about. Mm. So, yeah, it was the right thing to do. All right, maybe not, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it, it is so well written. And, you know, <laughs> being a Spider-Man fan, it's so much joy Yeah. where um, Tony's like, I have a guy. I have a guy. Wait, where's your guy? Downstairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours? Queens. <laughs> and it goes, bing! Yeah. So good. What are you, like, Spider-Kid? No, Spider-Man. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. But genuinely, that's pretty much the only, because, like I said, I, everything else that I watched this week, I watched before we recorded the last show. So, yeah, um, yeah that's that's cool. pretty much everything I got. Wow, we're moving I, along. We yeah, last week was a short episode. We are gonna smoke that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this week, oh no, wait, I forgot something. What? Henry called in. Oh for yeah, Art House asshole. Shoot, I haven't read this one yet. I'm excited. Here to it hear. is. I love Art House movies. You can call me Mr. Asshole. Hey, real nerds, Henry here, giving you an update on Art House asshole. Uh, this week I know has been crazy, but uh, we have I we have a pretty good film this week that I think that you guys will like. Uh, it's called High Rise. It's currently on Netflix. If you are interested in watching it, uh, it is it's by Ben Wheatley, who has done a lot of kind. Of, he's a very up and coming kind of indie director. Uh, Free Fire comes out next year, which I sure will be on a lot of people's radars. Uh, this one has Tom Hiddleston and a couple other people in it. It's uh, it's about this building and. There's class warfare. It's essentially like, it's a building designed so you never have to leave it. And the higher you are in the building, the higher your income is, the lower you are, the lower your income is. And obviously there's going to be some problems with that. Uh, this film goes gets absolutely insane. Uh, 
it starts off really, really cool. It has very it's similar problems to Neon Demon, I would say. Uh, but anyway, if you want my full thoughts on it, you can go check out the review on realnerdspodcast.com. Uh, I do recommend it. I think it's a fun film to be had, even if it at some points makes no sense whatsoever. But anyway, that's the film this week. I hope you guys like Arrival. I haven't seen it yet, so let me know if I should see it. Bye. Tom Hiddleston in High Rise. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I started it a little bit, and uh, it sounds like he really liked this movie. I'm going to have to check it out. Um, and does go... love Tom Hiddleston? Right, I know. Um, I do. He's all, like, sexy and you British do, you and do shit. You do doesn't like Tom Hiddleston? I love him. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, that seems like a cool one. I'm going to have to yeah. keep my eyes out, out for that movie when it, you know. I, I do feel like the, my problem with the Yard House asshole now that, you know, Henry is is out in New York. Is that he keeps seeing all this shit I don't get to see? Yeah, I have to wait till this stuff comes out on, on Blu-ray. I'm, I'm in New York City. I'm learning how to make real real kid movies. Burr, I got my big boy pants on. That's what I do, New York City. Who wants to see my test screen and stuff? Oh, I, got, <laughs> I got this footage I made. No, really, he's doing some cool work. Yeah, it's really no, excited to see man. everything he's doing. Um, so good job, Henry. Yep. So this week we saw Arrival, not. The Arrival. No, that's a movie with Charlie Sheen yeah, where some aliens show up and like probe him or something. <laughs> I don't even. I don't remember. remember. Yeah. Um, but we saw Arrival. Yeah. James, should people see Arrival? Uh, yes. So, um, this is one of those movies that's very much made for James, and so I can't necessarily be biased about or unbiased about this movie. Um, yeah, I, this is a really wonderful, brilliant movie. In the same vein as a contact, um, uh, it's a it's a movie that has a lot more to say than just what it's doing with with aliens. It also talks a lot about how language works, um, and so I love those parts too. I think it's a really beautiful story. I think I walk away with a with a lot of meaning, um, and I will warn you that after we well two two warnings one after we play the trailer. We are going to spoil this movie because I don't know how to talk about this movie without spoiling the shit out of it. Um, and so if you are at all interested, do not listen to the rest of the review. Um, and the other thing is that I'm going to get probably very hyperbolic and say a lot of very silly things about how much I love this movie. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's a beautifully made, wonderful story uh, that I think people should check out. So, Ryan? So this movie sold me on the fact that I'm watching a movie about aliens invading Earth. Yeah. This movie is not about aliens invading Earth. Nope. It's a maybe one of the most beautiful stories I've watched on screen. Thank God. And <laughs> Oh man, I was really nervous about this one. And I don't know how to talk about it without overselling it. But and here's the thing, it, the movie stuck with me so much. And, you know, we have Film Explosion coming up so soon. I'm so happy right now. And I don't, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to be my top ten. It will but, be. But I don't know. Um, it, this movie made this year really rough real fast for me. Yeah, yeah. and it's just, here's the thing. is it, The movie's, it, you think it's one thing, and it's absolutely not what you think it is. It's beautiful. It really is. Um I'm so excited to talk to you about this here's movie. A, here's a trailer for Arrival. Oh, go see this thing. There are days that define your story beyond your life. Ah! Like the day they arrived. Signs of what might be called first contact. 
GT weapon from Army Intelligence. Pack your bags. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they call him, the UFO. Who's being carted off in the medevac? Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough. Every 18 hours, a door opens up. That's where we go in. start the review is amy adams the most versatile actor ever so i've missed her because she does comedy she does drama she does musicals i i mean and this is and i i also want to upfront say that like it it is a testament to dennis guy whose name i can't pronounce that i need to go hear an interview so i so that i can pronounce if i can say chuatel edgefor i need to go figure out how to say this guy's name because i love him so much it is a testament to his quality that he keeps getting Maybe my favorite performances ever out of the actors in his, out of the leading actor, right? Like Hugh Jackman's performance in The Prisoners is my favorite of his. Emily Blunt in in Sicario, at least one of, if not my favorite performance of hers. It's my favorite, Benicio del Toro. I don't think, yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I I can't remember loving Amy Adams as much as I do. She is um, unbelievable in this movie. Yeah, it's, okay, so again, if you don't want to know about this, please stop because yes. um, it, it, it is the it's not. And to be clear, we're not. It's not about spoiling the aliens or anything to do with that. It, there is an emotional story here, and this movie is talking about the way that we view our lives in a way that will not affect you properly if you hear it said out loud. Exactly, and so right away, because what I love about this movie too is it gives you just a little bit at a time. And yeah. it gives you it at the beginning. Yeah. Where, so, and I actually, I I started, like, a tear came down my eye right at the beginning of this film. I got, I got, I got a little bit weepy, and then, of course, I wept at the end. Oh. And then when I saw it the second time, 
whole beginning, nothing but tears. Just wrecked me. So the beginning starts with Amy Adams holding her baby girl. And um, she's talking to her. She's it's, talking it's to all her. Narration. She's telling her like, "Hey, this is your story." Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> right away, so I'm like, "Wait, I thought this was an alien movie." But so right. it's, it's starting. Yeah, she's telling a story about Hannah, her, her her little daughter Hannah. And at this point, I'm so in because I'm like, "Oh, great! Like you are you're telling me this alien movie, but first you're setting up the fact that this woman that I'm going to follow has this really rough past and is at this place in her life, exactly. and she's going to have to learn." Like, this experience is going to teach her something really powerful about life. Yeah, because uh, that's... I was so sold. Because that's what happens right away. So, And it's not spoilers, because this is the first yeah, five minutes yeah, of the movie. Right. You watch her daughter grow, yeah, and then you find out her daughter gets some form of cancer. Right. And um, there's a... This is when, like, I got at, misty-eyed. At about eight, 18 or 19, yeah, some, something in Where there. she, like, pulls the covers over her daughter, yeah. and she says, um, come back to me. Yeah. And I'm like, <sighs> Yeah. And then the next scene is um, that shot of her like weeping in the hallway. Oh, it's just terrible. It is, and it's shot it, so well. It's and... like up. I mean, it's basically like a very a more difficult, less beautiful version of up. Yeah, it's um, because right away you feel for this character because the next thing you see with her is she's this linguistics professor, mm-hmm. linguistics professor who just she seems like she's just going through. She's the ter- motions of life. Terribly depressed. Because yeah, because her daughter died. Right. And you're like, and oh. she's she's yeah, like her, her Yeah, so I'll I'll play I'll show the cards a little bit. At, at that point in the movie, the way you're translating it is that she is very depressed, when in fact it's actually just that her life is very mundane. Exactly. And, and what's great about it is the way he films that first not not the intro section, but once we skip forward and we start the story of the day of the arrival is that he really lingers on all, all these mundane things. And it just shows how mundane her life is because right. when everyone else is watching, you know, the thing, she's like, I don't care. Yeah, she just doesn't, like, it doesn't impact her, yeah, right? It, it, and then it when feels no like one shows the, up to school the next day, she still goes in. Right. Because she's so used to it. The world actually keeps, like, forcing itself violently into her mundane life mm-hmm. where you've got, like, the cars wrecking and the jets really loud over, you know, like, it, it's why... This event coming to interact with her life is is constantly loud and obtrusive. I mean, man, I, I, this the the movie is almost not ever as scary as when the helicopter is coming at her house, oh, yeah. and it's and and it's also shot to make it look like it's a like a spaceship or whatever. Because he's drawing on. They did such a brilliant job marketing this movie that you go in feeling like you're going to see like really a traditional thriller, alien, suspensey kind of yeah, movie, or like ooh, you know, let's figure out why the aliens are here. Right, yeah. Um, but but you're and, you've got this tension, and with a lot of alien movies like this, there's always a tension till you see the creature. Yeah, and he just bleeds that through the first twenty minutes. Yeah. You know, and, and then he's like, oh, here's the here they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, they're the fucking squid things. Who cares? Yeah. We're moving on. He even uh, denies you because he shows you. And there's going to be a scene, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, you start to get this tension, and you're like, oh, this is great. Like, we're getting somewhere. And he just cuts to them back in the clean room. Yep. And you could feel the whole audience go, like, uh, uh, what, what? Like, you mm-hmm. just, because it's not what the movie's about. No, it, it, it's what's, too, what's so beautiful about the film, besides how it's shot, besides how it's acted in the music, yeah. is you, you start getting sucked in, and you're, and you're given like these little like flashes of something's happening. Yeah. You know, um, you get 
things with her uh, her daughter, and you know I. So here's the thing. Yeah, okay, it's so hard. Um, I, I think so, we need to pull the bandaid off and just talk about this movie because uh, I'll do a little so more subtle. So, so well, the, after her first time, she has this meeting with Forrest Whitaker, who's great in the film right, too. Right, yeah, and Jeremy should, Renner is great too. Yeah, well, we should talk about the aliens for a while and then talk about what's happening. So she's trying to figure out. She's trying to communicate with him. Oh, so and good. So, um, so Forrest Whitaker asked her. He said, "You know, you're giving me grade school." Um, Words. Words. Like, you know, this, that. This is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Yeah, because how much it plays to later in the movie. Because mm-hmm. she says, what is your purpose on Earth? Yeah. And she's I, like, you have to understand this part to understand this part. And she's going through the whole thing. And you don't realize they are playing you for her whole journey throughout the whole film. Yes. And as you know, you know when you watch that scene you're like oh yeah we got to figure out why the aliens are here it is also it is also a feat that she is explaining sentence structure to the audience and it is riveting it is it is so much fun and I, the first time i saw it i was like well this is only for me right and then everybody <laughs> right. i've talked to is like no i love that scene that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because it's just interesting to hear her talk about like no this is how this works and like mm-hmm. this is this is why you know it, that scene is so good that this movie could have just been about the challenge of talking to an alien species exactly. and still been fascinating. But she has to decipher it because at first you think it's for the aliens, but it's actually for the audience to understand. Right. Not the aliens. Right. It's what happens to her. Right. Because she <laughs> so she has to figure out the alien's yeah. uh language and and f- uh, yeah, oh, man, yeah, because so much of the of the point of this movie, or I'll, I'll say, so much of the science fiction of this movie does have to do with the way language works and what that means mm-hmm. for us. So even that scene, man, this script is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Even that scene itself is a bit of a red herring because the problem that she has to solve is is that the language she's trying to translate to is not linear the way that. The way that the sentence she's exactly. trying to ask them is, and right? It, so her being able to write it that way on the board is antithetical to the problem she's trying to exactly. solve. Exactly. And how the movie plays out and how you're given a little more uh, simple things of her daughter's name where she explains Hannah is the same backwards and forwards. It's a palindrome. And the aliens speak in a way that maybe you don't – what does weapon mean to them? Right. And she's trying to explain to people – that just because you hear weapon doesn't mean weapon. Right. And if Hannah goes one way, you read it one way, what's it when you go the other way? It's right. not, it doesn't mean the same thing. Right. And well, she, and even, even you, and, right? Like she, yeah. She's like, no, like you can be a singular or plural thing. We have to understand what they're actually saying. And for the 20 minutes that this movie is – 20 or 30 minutes that this movie is very heavily invested in her – trying to solve that problem and, f- and learn this language mm-hmm. and teaching us about the, the, about the challenge that she's facing. Um, it's fantastic. Like oh, it's yeah. such a fun adventure. Uh, you've got that great se- sequence where Ian, uh, Jeremy Renner's character, um, we basically hear what, what seems to be the audio from a like kind of documentary he's making from, mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, cause they're, they're working on this for months um, where he explains like, 
the way that the language works and why it's problematic and the fact that what they say never correlates to what they write. Um, and it's just a fascinating, like, sort of mystery film at that time, at yeah, that point. And there's little hints throughout the film that the structure of this film isn't A to B. Right. Um, whether it's um, her daughter telling her it's a story about her. She So she had a project in school and it's like make a TV show. Oh, it's about mommy and daddy and a talking animal. Right. And you, uh, and they show you this, this bird in a cage and they keep on showing a bird in a cage uh, at the, when they go see the aliens on a ship, because it's like an old miner saying you bring the bird in to make sure right. that the bird can breathe. Right. But they're telling you that the big, re- <laughs> so the big reveal in this, here we go, is the, the aliens are there to let her know that they need help in the future. Right. So because she has the ability to see into the future where she gets the ability to see it gets the it from the aliens. Yes. Because aliens need help in 3000 years. Yes. And that's a great scene. Cause she says, well, how can I help you? You right. know, what do you want me to do? And they say, you have the ability. Right. So the <laughs> basically it all hinges on an, on a throwaway scene almost mm-hmm. um, in which Ian talks about the fact that he's been reading these books and that there's this theory that, that when you're studying language, if you really get fluent in a language, it can rewire the way that your brain thinks because languages all all mm-hmm. behave differently. And the one that she is studying is one in which – is one that dr- dramatically um, behaves differently from the one that our language does, right? So h- human language in all in all cultures around the world are linear – you're either reading it from left to right or right to left yeah. or whatever, but there is a there is a direction, and with their language, there isn't. Um, the actual words and the meaning is all built in the same moment and the same symbol, um, and very similar to super complex like old yeah. Chinese languages, in fact. Um, and so the the premise of the actual science fiction part of the movie is that she by learning the language is able to perceive time the way they do. And they don't perceive time linearly. They Mm -hmm. see both into the future and into the past and, and can conceptualize their time much better than, than human beings can. Um, which means that she starts, she starts seeing visions of her own future. And those visions are all about her daughter who has not been born yet. Yeah, exactly. And what you don't, What's so great about this uh, movie is she's just given glimpses. And there, what I leave, sorry, I did, oh, no, go ahead. Go, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say what I leave out there is that the reason that they're doing that is because in 3,000 years when they need help, they need human beings to be able to communicate with them. And exactly. to be advanced enough and unified enough to actually help them. Exactly. And there, that, uh, I was just actually going to play on that. So that just goes back to the book she wrote right. and the conversation she had with the Chinese uh, general. Yes. You know, which is, uh, at the time, you're like, oh, what is going on here? And then it's just a little bit of this, you know. He's uh, like, how did you know to tell me what, um, what, to say. what to say? And he said, but you already had my personal phone number. It's right here. Yeah. And it's just these little, like, And he's so glimpses. knowing. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a great moment. It, yeah. I, and, a, and a fascinating one for me. So... 
I will say you can run yourself ragged trying to figure out trying to trying to figure out some of the rules here. Yeah, but um, to because me it's like, like to me it's like an X Men movie. Absolutely, because you can't. The only thing you can count on is her telling the story, right? And so you can't. Yes, because she she tells us she has agency. She never actually shows us, so mm-hmm. she never shows us that she can change her future. Exactly, she tells her she chooses not to, and um, you know, which is super powerful. And we will talk about that. Oh my gosh, there's <laughs> but so the part I don't know what got you. What got me in this movie is when she is t- like still writing to um, or talking to Hannah, mm-hmm. and she says, "You ask me if I would go through all this." even though I know how it's going to end. And the answer is absolutely yes. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Dude, I like – the tears were coming (laughs) down, and I'm like looking around. like, oh, my God. I mean, I knew – so when the the scene by the lake happens, and at that point we know it's in in the future, and we know what she's – we know, okay, she told her husband what was going to happen, and that's why he left. And you realize – in that moment, I was like, oh, I know exactly where we're going. Like, the mm-hmm. conversation here is you chose to do this even though you knew where it was going. And so already I was – like, from that scene on, I was just like – I knew I was going to get all weepy mm-hmm. and devastated and that this was going to become beautiful if done right. Like, I just knew that's where we had to take and this. And that's where – And it was just about his execution of that moment – and that, and how long he he dwells on it. And that's where Amy Adams is so great in this movie. I think yeah. this is her best moments. Yes, is the, the scene you talked about where she's talking to her daughter. Oh, so, and good. then because when she when she looks back at her mom and says like I'm unstoppable, and you're just fucking wrecked. Yeah, and then you she, are wrecked. And then she goes. It goes back to present time where she's with Jeremy Renner. I know why my husband left, and I know why he left. Oh. And um, and he says you were married, and it's just like these little things that just get yeah. you. And then she hugs him, and the her face and her, her line of "I would do it again." I, I'm not gonna. I'm. I would rather be um, devastated. Yes. And have my daughter than not experience my daughter. Right. I, I think that, that the, is that the beautiful. There's oh man, the script is so good. There's a great line at the beginning um, that she says that she says. Um, sometimes I remember the moments in between, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. it, and, and what that does, like the line is so good that all those little times where you see like, you know, just the glimpses of, of her daughter laughing or mm-hmm. the rock getting turned over while she plays in the river yeah. lake and like just these tiny little moments that are so beautiful that even as painful as the painful moments are, you realize, like, oh yeah, no, that's why she does all of that. Yeah, and and, that... and you get the. I, I love when she flashes back, and and Jeremy Renner like grabs her and gets her into the car. She has a line where she says, "I forgot how good it felt to be held by you," mm-hmm. and you realize that's not present her. That's years in the future mm-hmm. after they've divorced her, saying, "I forgot how good." It... Exactly. And it's such a heartbreaking, like, you know, it, it is this person who's suddenly gifted with the ability to to lay their life out in front of them and, and, and take stock of everything that they get to do and decide what they want to partake in and what they don't. Um, and, and what she, what she says is no, the whole thing is great. Like, and I think if you talk to anybody, I think they, even if, um, you lost some, but everybody's lost somebody, right. you would never trade what you've had with that person. Yeah. 
even if you knew how that was going to end. I, I mean, I wouldn't. Right. And I think that's such a powerful message. And you don't expect a movie, this movie. That's what I mean when I saw. I had no idea this movie was going no. this way. No, absolutely. I mean, I was not. interested in the movie already because I'm like, right. oh, I, I want to see them try to figure out what aliens are saying. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> this seems cool. I don't know. Yeah. It's shot well. It's a pretty yeah. movie. Amy Adams is a pretty lady. I'll yeah. see that. Whatever. But and then for you... it to go in a totally different way. And I, from the very first five minutes, I'm like, wait a minute. This is not the movie right. that was sold to me. Right. And um, for a, it to be yeah. so so beautiful. And I'm not even – I mean, yeah, the really cool um, you know, twists and stuff is great and the ending. But even – even when they're trying to figure out what the aliens are saying and, you know, we mentioned it, you know, trying to figure out the language and how they're talking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, too, that it's a beautiful movie yeah, because it's shot well. It's it's about understanding different people and different cultures. Um, you can't rush to judgment. Right. Um, it's about being open. And I. It is a movie that has so many different things going on. So here's where I'm, I'm really going to get bombastic and wax poetic for a moment if you'll allow mm-hmm. this movie reminds me why i love story so much mm-hmm. because nothing that this movie says is actually that no nothing that this movie says is that original it's it's all very profound but all of the profound things that it says about the way we look at our life and what's important and the fact that we should work together and the, the fact that we shouldn't mm-hmm. rush to judgment all of these many different things that it's touching um because yes the the story about her seeing her life is the most impactful thing to mm-hmm. me. But you're, what you're getting at is there's there's half a dozen other really wonderful messages in this movie that we could also talk about for half an hour apiece. Exactly. But, but in you know the the difference is all of those things are things that we all know or have heard um, or are, are are a part of philosophy. But being in being said, they do not latch onto your soul the way that a really great story does. And so yeah. when you when you get to a moment in your life where something happens, what we tend to go back to is those stories that, that we hold dear. And yeah. this becomes one that so often will be something that I refer to in in the language I use to talk to people in my life to go, okay, the thing that I'm living right now reminds me about the lesson I learned from this movie. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. a movie about aliens and conversation and stuff, but it's not. It's, it's not. actually a movie about the way I live my life, and it becomes a touchstone for my soul and the way that I choose to live moving forward, and that is only achievable by story. I like, There's no other way. Like You, you can't just tell me a, a thing that is true. I need to see it and experience it the way that you do in this yeah. movie. And I don't think anything is cheap in the movie. No. Even like when, uh, like when Jeremy Renner, Ian, and Louise fall in love, I think they earned it. Yeah. Because... You know, right away he they kind of have that like, oh, we're both doctors and we're really smart and we're like right. cocky and we can do this. Yeah. But he says um, th- that line where they're you know get ready to get on the helicopter at the end, and um, he says, you know, I thought the most thrilling thing would be seeing the aliens and meeting them, but no, it's it's mm-hmm. it's you. And what's great about it, I mean, the movie's able to cheat a little bit just because that's a it's a beautiful line to start a relationship, mm-hmm. and it, rather than it needing to earn them falling in love, they simply can show us that they are in love mm-hmm. in the future. Exactly. So we don't need to, we don't need to, you, you don't have to walk us down a path to get us there. 
you simply see the joy and the love in those and moments. And it's a building later. of a relationship. It's not yeah. right because they don't even um, kiss in the movie until the end when they have little baby Hannah. Right, because right. she just hugs are... him. Right, yes, because she just hugs him. Right, and so that's the foundation of a relationship. Right, that she knows is going to end in heartache. But I still think it's so powerful when <sighs> you just say, "I'd rather," I would never trade in my years I had right. with this person just yeah. to. You know, even though it will end terribly, and part it's part of why then when you get to go see it a second time, mm -hmm. you you meet Amy Adams a different way at the beginning of the movie, because mm -hmm. what she is the second time is an empty person. Mm -hmm. She's a person who has not lived very much, is in this job and has a really very beautiful house. Has a very beautiful house. I yes. don't know where it's at, but I'm like, no Damn, idea. It's... I'm like, do I want to? I should have studied more uh, <laughs> right? linguistics when I. I should have not withdrawn from my linguistics <laughs> class like I did, because um, I was gonna fail it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but but when you meet her in the movie, like it's, uh, she's she's this very empty person. Yeah. Um, and so the lesson is even more powerful because she having her life filled with both good and bad experiences. I also think it's it's really important that that the message isn't as even as simple as yeah, she has the daughter knowing that the daughter is going to die in 16 years mm -hmm. or whatever. It's also that she falls in love with Ian knowing that she's going to make a choice to her, that will that will inevitably hurt him. Right? Like that is fascinating cuz she doesn't have any control over what happens to her daughter, mm -hmm. right? She does have control over what she does to Ian, mm -hmm. and so it, like that's the one to struggle with because it's it's not just saying that you you have to be at peace with the bad things that happen to you. It's also being at peace with the mistakes that you make or the choices that you make, even if they're not necessarily exactly. mistakes. Because her telling him isn't necessarily a mistake, right? Like it's a subjective thing of whether or not she continue to live knowing a thing that he doesn't yeah. know like that's a tough thing oh, yeah. to even decide um but that adds this whole other layer to what the movie is saying that is just beautiful yeah uh, no, i agree it's immeasurable how good this script is and even watching it a second time if you strip away all of the amazing meaning in this story it is also a brilliantly put together an assembled script where mm. everything is set up properly and even the even the sat phone like mm -hmm. even the sat phone has a a, bill, a like a setup and a payoff in the movie where you know it's a it's a level 3 element of the movie like yeah. it's it's something that does not matter at all and i think um, that's a testament to daniel vinny the new is all his <laughs> we're terrible his movies have so many layers to it Yeah, where uh, if you talk about Sicario, it's not just about Emily Blunt being this badass agent. She's also someone who's lonely mm -hmm. and has to learn to work with people that everything isn't what it seems. There's horrible yeah. things in the world. Um, what, what's fascinating is how, how different those two movies are because Sicario is a, like the end of Sicario is a very nihilistic, mm -hmm. um, message about how the you know at, at least emily blunt's world is actually a very dark and difficult mm -hmm. one and that you know this guy has done terrible things but maybe he was right and mm -hmm. like she doesn't know how to deal with that this is the exact opposite i mean this is a movie about how amazing humanity 
is and can be and how wonderful our lives are. And like, it is a reaffirming film um, yeah. that is, is, is really encouraging just because he is, you know, he's, he's not just telling us a sad story. Um, he can also tell us really happy ones. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, man. I'm so glad you like this no, movie. No, it's... I was terrified that like, really? oh man, no, no, just because like, it is also a a a very deliberately paced and and I I think that some people may read it as being being like sappy, but I I think that they're wrong. I think I, so too. I, I think that there's, um, I I think that there is something really powerful about having these conversations and. And having something like this to to really chew on, um, yeah. So yeah, no, I definitely I'm, go see I'm this glad film. you like it. Yeah, man. What, um, did, what did we not talk about? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I... Um, I think the aliens were cool. Yeah, yeah. Abbott and Costello were mm-hmm. were neat looking. Like just so bizarre. I guess what know? I did like too is um, the one thing they set up a thing where the army guys put a bomb in there. Yeah, and right away you think that the aliens would attack. But right. they didn't. They're like, no, we're not here to attack. We need your help. Did, so did Abbott die because yeah. of the bomb? Is that what they yeah, were saying? Yeah, because he said okay. he's, a, he's in the process of death. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if it was just like he was done. Like, I didn't, I couldn't tell, like, oh, did they, did the glass break when the explosion happened? And maybe that's why he mm-hmm. was dying. Like, you know, um, I made the assumption, but I think we're intentionally left to not really know just because yeah. she doesn't really know, right? Like, she's she's forced to assume as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I also will say, Steve, uh, Steve from the Alamo, and I uh, talked about this afterwards. I have a problem with the with the line of dialogue. Let's make a baby because it's very on the nose um, and just feels very unnatural. Um, but I also, in rewatching it, realized that it's a it's it's actually kind of an interesting. It's it's a very ironic line, and it reminds you in that moment in in the end sequence that he doesn't know. That mm-hmm. she's making a choice for the two of them, mm-hmm. um, that he and that he doesn't understand what he's actually choosing, yeah. um, and that pays a lot in, you know, uh, adds a lot to that element yeah. of her making choices and and you know even though she knows she's making choices that may hurt people, um, so anyway, uh, but if one line of dialogue is is enough to make a movie bad, then. Uh, I mean, that's, I, I don't, <laughs> um, it's just like, that's the only gripe that I had the first time was I was like, ah, oh, that's, we, I don't love that in this <laughs> otherwise amazing movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Go see it. Yeah. Uh, next week I think we're seeing Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah. Um, I've never been this excited for a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> so it should be fun. Yeah. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, until next week. Bye. Bye. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.